0: Hello, Steve. Good evening, Adam. We are we are coming together again for another episode of Through the Lens of Christ, and this is an opportunity for myself, Adam Baker, and Steve Dowster uh, to be able to wrestle through biblical and um, um, societal topics, things that are impacting us in, uh, in our lives and our news feeds that are uh, taking focus and attention. How do we take all of the things that are happening around us, and again, not just because there are big things happening right now. And there are, but any point in our history, how do we make sure that we're viewing everything that's happening through the lens of Christ? How do we see everything that's going on as a, as a growth tool, as a way for us to engage more deeply as a way for us to understand the goodness of God in, in bigger and better ways. And that's really what the point of our conversations are. And so, um, tonight and our next podcast are going to be heavily uh, related. We're going to be talking about church membership and also church discipline. Uh, we want to start with church membership because that builds us into church discipline. Um, so I'm going to start out by giving just kind of my background on church membership, and then I'm going to let Steve um, talk about the right view. So wait, so, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so I I grew up um, being taught that church membership is wrong that you should not, that it is not biblical, that it is not something in scripture, that it is a way for uh, a group of people, a denomination to attempt to control um, and to attempt to um, uh, drive their thoughts and opinions within a body of people. And so the concept of membership is a man-made invention and something that we should not be doing. So Steve, what are your thoughts?
1: Wow. Wow, that's one way to get started. So that's something, of course, I didn't know. So just like always, oh, we, we don't prep for these things, really, we just start talking about things. And um, so, so knowing that is, is really interesting. I did not come from that kind of a background, although I'll agree with that tacitly. In, in one sense, church membership isn't really found in Scripture, is it? I mean, I'm sure that's one of the reasons that your background is the way it is. There's no um, requirement for church membership specified as such in the Bible. Um, however, there are other pointers in the Bible, I think, that show us that being part of the church in in more than just a casual way is certainly biblical. Um, my background is a little different than that. Well, my background is, is of course, secular at first. So I, be, I came to Christ later in life. I came to Christ as a teenager. And my first experience with church membership was in a Baptist church. And it was the kind of membership where you walk down the aisle, proclaim your faith in Christ, um, talk to the pastor or the elder at the front, and then voila, you're baptized and you're a member of the church. And now you're a card-carrying Baptist person with your, you know, with your letter, if you will, that you can take from church to church to prove, in some way, that you are you're officially, you know, welcomed into fellowship with a church. And therefore, I suppose some other church should welcome you into membership too. So that's my background. Although I have another strange background. Um, you know, past that, when we, when Danielle and I were probably in our 40s, which is a more Presbyterian background, for a few years, where you know a lot of people, well, they would be baptized as infants, I guess, confirmed into the church, and then at some point in time, be allowed full membership into the church in in another way or another in another age or or some other way to become a church member. So, so that's kind of my that's kind of my background, which is very different from yours. Then I didn't. Didn't know that you were were there. If, yeah, yeah. So I think
0: um, it took a long time for me to have a a different view of membership. And um, candidly, even when I became um, an elder at this church and even a pastor at this church, um, my thoughts initially were not opposed to membership. I think it brings um, some really good things with it, but I I diminished the value of membership. Um, to where it was more of a, hey, listen, as a legal entity, we need to have members so that we can have some level of structure and there's got to be some organizational body. Now, I'll, I'll take you further to where I'm at today because I, I see that as, as also, and, and I hate to say any of these things are wrong because, again, as you and I said, it's not actually in Scripture. So I don't I, I think people have a lot of views on membership, and I'm not going to denounce any of them. But I will say where I'm at now is that membership is actually a really beautiful thing. Um, membership really um, emphasizes the work of Christ and allows me and others who are saved by the very grace of God to raise our hands and say, we're together in this. And we, not just that we're together in this, but I affirm the statement of faith of this church. I affirm the polity or the, the leadership structure of this church. I affirm the t- teaching of this church, and again, not in every detail, right? We're all going to have different opinions on things, but at, at a whole, and I affirm that I want you speaking into my life. I want you to, to correct me. I want you to speak into this. I want to live our lives interconnected in some way, and then I'm also doing the same thing with you, and so I think there's a there's a beautiful thing in, in membership is, is where my head is today, so how about you?
1: Yeah, so that's very close to where I am too. I mean, I think we can find some other words other than membership for that that too. I think you know part of it is maybe rely. I mean, you said relying on each other, but uh, perhaps covenanting together might be might be one way of looking at that. Or I had another word in my head a minute ago, but I've lost it. But that, that idea of of back and forth, we're we're in this together. We're we're not really to be separated unless some dramatic unless it's dramatic or a drastic change that might separate us. So that we're in this together, working. Um, in unison. I can remember, it's been a few years ago, and you may remember this too. Um, I know the church, our church, community church, wasn't pressing membership very much, but you actually had a, or the, or the elders came up with a kind of a document, kind of a, a statement that to, for us to review as leaders in the church to say, hey, are we partnering together in a, in a proper way? Um, are, are we as leaders going to be able to come under the authority of the church as leaders? And the church then would also support us based on our. You know, covenant our church covenants and our and our beliefs and the way we do church. And could we have that kind of a partnership? Or that kind of a that partnership almost sounds too weak. That kind of a commitment together. So I I think partnership is too weak of a word. It's really a commitment one to another. Um, not only you and I to each other, but the church to us and us to the church and everyone in it being being that way. That also I think presupposes that we're doing this with with people who know what they're doing in Christ, meaning that we're doing this with believers and not unbelievers in that fashion as well, that we're not joining with unbelievers in a way that they don't really understand what they're doing as far as covenanting in that way. So I think moving a little further on, um, membership, if you will, or covenanting together, that responsibility we have for each other applies really to believers in Christ and not to unbelievers or people that are searching to see if they might um, might be able to fall in love with Christ the way we we have, or or become a Christian in some way.
0: Yes, agreed. And I, I think that one of the challenges with membership, and, and you mentioned it, is that the it, it membership means different things to different bodies of faith. And membership, I think you talked about it even in the, uh, with you and Danielle from a, a Presbyterian background, is that if if you follow these kind of um, uh, processes that the church has set forth, then therefore you're capable of membership. You look at things like uh, in the Catholic Church, I mean, that was um, depending again on what, on what your views are of, of um, early church history. But one of the reasons infant baptism appears to have been pushed was as a way for the church to, to kind of to hang on to people from an early age. So you're baptized into the faith you now grow up in that faith you grow old in that faith and we can continue to to replicate people and um again to me a horrible use of the idea of membership and i think why people get really kind of sidetracked that's again looking at how how i grew up i know that's why the church i grew up in was so sidetracked because they saw it just as a um that once you were a member you basically were absolved of any sin through the church a kind of high church model um, that membership meant that you're saved through the church. And it was really a pushback against that. But I think how how we see membership is not that you're absolved through your membership of sins, but rather membership is a proclamation that you've been absolved of your sins through the work of Christ. And that we're, we're declaring a, a victory through the cross, and we're saying that we have that same belief structure, and now we want to live it out. And I think that that actually builds a far stronger bond. We know that bond is through the spirit that builds that far stronger bond than just merely saying, I'm on a membership registry with some church. So I can get a, I can get a discount on a, you know, a party at the church or they'll do my funeral. There's something far greater than, than just the actual act of, of membership. And I I like the word covenanting because I think that that builds it up in a stronger framework that we understand the importance of membership. It's not just a, a statement or a piece of paper.
1: Yeah, I think so too, and so you, you stressed that that covenanting even earlier when you were talking, but two ways of thinking about it. One, being in the body of Christ in the global church or in, in the universal church is one thing, but there is an added element of being if within the body of Christ with a local church. So so I just want to make that clarification. I think you, you agree with that. that It is one thing to be a member of the church, the universal church, and that's an important bond, and, and we should be responsive to that one to another. But it really gets the kind of feet on the ground and gets us into actually one-on-one discipleship and working together when we are members of or or covenanted together with a, a church, a local church that we participate in worship together in, that we fellowship together in, that we are able to interact with each other in very personal ways to where God can use us um, on each other. Uh, the iron sharpening iron kind of thought and, and working together so that we're we're being discipled and brought up in the love and admonition of, of Christ. Um, the other thing I think about too, when I think about all of that is, it probably flies in the face of kind of Americanism these days. I mean, the individuality that we have as, as, a, as Americans, as, as U.S. citizen people in this culture, where, you know, it's, it's all individualistic, and it's me and my Bible or me and my way, and I really have a hard time coming under the authority of other people when it's not um, required by, like, law from the government. So, so the church being able to have authority over us is a real sticking point for people, and I think that's, that's an indication of where our heart might be, uh, or actually I think it's an indication of where our heart is, and where our soul may be as well. We need to come under the authority of Christ. And as I think of Christ on earth, his, it is represented by his church. Jesus is here in the flesh, um, in 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 represented by the church. And we need to be able to come under the authority of that when it doesn't contradict Scripture and, and whenever we are able to be able to do that. And the church should be responsive to the people as well under the same type of um, leadership of Christ. Would that be... Fair way to say all that.
0: Yes, yeah, and I I think about it. You know, um, we talked when we did the the marriage conversation uh, a little while ago. But the um, the idea that everything that that we're experiencing here on earth is in some way giving us a glimpse out of Christ in a different way, teaching us a different way to love him, um, interact with him. This idea that that we understand that the church is the bride, and that that we should be taking great care with the church as the bride. And we'll talk about that when we get to discipline, I'm sure. But but the idea also, when we think about the bride from a physical, uh, human perspective, we go into Ephesians 5, and we see that the bride is called to willingly submit to her husband. And so you see this, and we, and we talk about submission, and, and to your point, we are so opposed to that work um, because we don't, we don't want to give up our, our freedom. We won't, don't want to give up our rights. I mean, we're, we're fighting that debate every day right now. But this idea to willingly submit, and the reason that we willingly submit is because we're responding to the love that we're receiving from our spouse, right? So the wife willingly submits to her husband because the husband is living out a life of of faith in Christ and treating his wife with love. The same issue that you're talking about is that if the church is the bride and the, the head of this household is Christ, then we're to willingly submit to Christ in his headship his leadership and authority understanding the love that he has for us and how could we ever put our our submission how could we ever trust in him if we didn't actually ever see his love right this idea that in order to be a member i need to be a believer i need to be a follower of christ because that's the only way that i can legitimately put submit myself to him and so this idea that we should be submitting ourselves to Christ and the fact that he has says he has given us leaders, apostles and teachers and pastors and evangelists, and he's given us leaders over the church, fallible leaders, right? You, you said it before, as long mm-hmm. as they're, For any, sure. right? So we, it, it's not just infallibility of church leadership. There's fallibility in church leadership. There's infallibility in the head of the church, which is Christ but we still need to, as members of the church, submit to that authority as long as it's adherent to Scripture. So I think this idea of submission yep. is, is a really good point.
1: Yeah, I it think it's really important. The other thing I think of when it comes to this too is is a somewhat of a purity of the church so that, that we're not claiming people are the church when they're not believers in Christ. So that we're not, I, I think if you think of the Christ's body and you think of all of us as members of the body, um, whether it's an you know, arm, all the different physical attributes of, of a body, and to have... Um, and we're alive in Christ. We're attached to Christ. We are, we're, we're empowered by Christ. We're fed by Christ, if you want to think of it in that way. And to have a dead attribute hanging on to us in some way is is kind of a difficult thing. And it's not that we don't want those that haven't been made alive in Christ to be around us, that we do want that because we want we want dead people to become alive and become attached to Christ and be full functioning members of the body. But But I think there is a there is a reasonability there that we try to figure out who are who are believers to partner with and who are unbelievers that we can point to and we can bring along and help them understand what it is like to live with Christ so they can make a decision for or against Christ at some point and that they can and that they can choose that way. I can remember I'll tell a little story about Community Church when I first first started coming Danielle and I did I think five years ago or so by now it's been quite a while I suppose Um, but we were looking for who are the believers in this church? And it was, it was, you know, talking to people and trying to just kind of discern conversations and, and visit a, talk on a spiritual level. And I can remember it took a little while, but there was, there was one time we came to a after church thing down in the fellowship hall area where there was a guest speaker and uh, we looked around and we could recognize some of the people that we had been talking with over the last, you know, six or eight months. And we both looked at each other and we said, here is the church. We said, here it is. We know now who, or we felt like we knew who the majority or a good chunk of the actual church was when the others were people that were coming, exploring and learning and figuring out. And, um, and it was good to see that. And to have some distinction there, I think, in church membership, I think is very helpful, not just for believers or people that are in the church and attending, maybe like us, preparing to become members, but also for unbelievers too unbelievers coming in saying, well, who are the members or who are the believers and who are the people that are kind of like me who are trying to, you know, assess whether this is a place for me to worship, whether I can come to Christ, whether I know him or not, and, and then whether or not I should worship here in this body.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, and you, um, we were talking before we we started this podcast about a different topic. And um, one thing that that we brought up is this idea of we bring people into the body and then we expect them to do work, right? We expect them to volunteer for things. We expect them to be moving along. And I think what what you said well and what you just stated was that we end up implanting or trying to do our own version of grafting people into the body and you end up with this kind of Frankenstein kind of situation, right? And then, so we've got this, dead arm connected to the body and we're upset because the arm isn't doing anything. And we're upset because why can't I get this arm to function? Why can't I get this? Well, it's not, we're never going to get the arm to function if it doesn't actually have the lifeblood of Christ in it. And so now we just frustrate ourselves because we're trying to build out what we think a healthy church looks like, which is a good, I think our perception of what a healthy church looks like is right the idea of how we build a healthy church is where it falls apart, and so I think trying to say, "Okay, God, you," He's clearly said in, in uh, uh, First Corinthians that He's gonna He's gonna bring all the pieces of the body together. He's gonna bring the people as He sees fit, and now it's not up to us to cobble together a body. It's up to us to actually do the work of the saints so that we are brought together so that we're willingly. So that when I come into a body, as you and Danielle described, when you come in and you see the church, now you can start to go, they do need a leg and I'm a leg. Like, look at all these people here and they need me, right? This is, you know, to be the fullness of, of who Christ is, or at least a better representation. And I think we miss the beauty of that by just tapping somebody on the shoulder and saying, Hey, you're our new leg. And they're like, I'm not even a believer in Christ,
1: right? And they wouldn't say that, but we do a disservice. Uh, Yeah, I think that's true, too. And I I think there's a role even for the elders in this, too, as they they survey the whole congregation. And, well, I think part of the role of the elders is to work on designating who they believe are believers as far as membership interviews or whatever that might be, covenanting interviews, however we're going to call that, so, so I think that's that's certainly an important thing for them to do, but also being able to see the whole congregation and seeing what's needed and, and finding and tapping people that are believers to be able to fulfill those roles so that they they are able to use their gifts for the purpose of that local body. I think that's really important as well.
0: Yes. Well, I think we're, again, on a, on a topic like this, it's good to be aligned, and I think we're aligned, that the, the idea of membership is not a clearly stated biblical principle. However, it is a fulfillment of many biblical principles in terms of how we come together in a healthy way, how we be the body of Christ. And that membership is a critical part of being a gathering of believers, that it helps us to identify who is truly part of the body. It helps us to hold each other accountable. It helps us to know who, when I'm having a bad day, I need to pick up the phone and call one of my brothers and sisters, not somebody who's just loosely tangentially involved with the church. It helps us to understand all these aspects. And it's incumbent upon us as, as church members to know who the other members are, who's the rest of our body. And it's also incumbent upon us as leaders that we do a really good job of trying to do what we can, not to, not to judge people, but trying to differentiate as best we can based on statements of faith and, and outworking and fruit so that we can understand who is the uh, the genuine who are the genuine believers and where is the church.
1: Yep. And I think one other thing to add to that, this is this is how this is how evangelism happens in the world. Um, you know, we do evangelism on an individual basis, but having that church that has has those attributes and that working relationship one with another, that is the thing that, that's different about us that other people will be able to see and we'll be able to participate in as we invite them to church, have them experience a new way of living and loving and learning together, um, where we're all in the same trajectory heading toward a future kingdom that's been prepared for us, and that's how we work together as a body.
0: Yes, and so that point, the idea of being a light, us working together, being on the same trajectory, leads us greatly into our next topic on church discipline. So good conversation, Steve, thank you. Yep,
1: thanks Adam, it was good.